in a relaxed, uncontrived way. Connect with your environment. Be aware of what you're hearing, what sounds are around you, what sensations you're picking up. Without rejecting anything, without grasping onto anything. Once you have this palpable connection with your immediate surroundings, then have a part of your mind sort of seek the tranquil element that is in your immediate environment. Don't try to visualize it, don't try to create it in your mind but rather have the attitude of finding it. It's, there's already an element of tranquility in the environment, and you want to just make contact. You don't want to achieve some sort of ultimate union. You just want to have some sort of contact with it, some sort of awareness of it. And the awareness may come through any one of your senses. It could be somehow perceived through your sense of hearing, it could be through your sense of touch, it could be through your sense of taste, or that sense of a presence. In whatever form it comes to you, just try to stay with it. Don't force yourself to, to continue to be connected to it, but rather have a sense of wanting to continue to perceive it. Continue to hear it, continue to smell it, continue to touch it. And allow it to have an effect on you once you've made that contact, that connection. And don't concern yourself with what else may be going on, what else your mind may be doing, what else your, your other senses may be uh, perceiving. Don't try to fight them, don't try to reject them, don't try to grasp onto any of them, but rather just have this wanting to continue to perceive in whatever form, through whichever one of your senses, you're making connection with a sense of tranquility. Within that initial awareness of tranquility, bring to the forefront of your mind the reason why you are meditating. The more immediate reason, like perhaps uh, just wanting to have less patience, more patience, something like that. And then the ultimate reason where this patience will lead to some ultimate state and the reason for it. And again, keep the attitude of not fighting, not rejecting, not grasping. 
try to stay within the perception of the sense of the, tra uh, of the tranquil element while you are searching and strengthening your motivation, your determination. allow the two to sort of strengthen each other. The stronger the determination, the deeper the connection to the tranquility. And the deeper the tranquility, the stronger the determination. In the same way you sort of make connection with something that appeared to be outside of you and you allowed it to affect you. So in the same way, this determination now, you want it to sort of leak from inner to outer, to sort of affect your environment, where you gain the attitude that now you are requesting your environment to help you in your, with your determination, with your motivation. And whatever the environment gives you, you take it as a means to help you. You can even think of it as it's not really happening outside, it's really some sort of uh, sound effect, some sort of effect taking place due to the deepening of, the, of what's going on inward. a side effect of having a deeper sense of tranquility, a side effect of having a <coughs> clearer mind. So you, are, you have now a palpable connection to tranquility and your motivation is clear and it's not some fantasized, unrealistic motivation but something that is relevant to you. So continue to allow this tranquility now to permeate your being and begin to feel this tranquility now in the body itself. So staying, keeping the, almost like a memory of the tranquility you can connect, can make contact with, with uh, from your immediate environment, 
and you have your mind sort of hovering over the body and sort of anticipating or looking for the same element of tranquility now within the body itself. And once you've made that initial connection, stay with it for a few seconds. from one part of the body to the next systematically from the from your legs all the way to the crown of your head section by section making a palpable connection with a sense of tranquility that is in those parts that you are bringing your awareness or your attention to so the legs just bring your attention there remember the sense of tranquility Stay there until you, there is a palpable sense of that tranquility or palpable experience of the tranquility in the legs. Stay with it for a few seconds, then continue to the arms and then continue until you reach the top of your hand. After you've reached the lips, the eyes, the face, and you are keeping a palpable connection to an ever-deepening tranquility, then you gently bring your attention to the breath. In the same way, find a palpable experience, a palpable perception of that same tranquil element now in relations to the breath. And again, remember, don't visualize that there is tranquility in the breath, but rather perceive what's already there. is deepening rather than for it to trans transit or transform into sleep rather it should 
you should start to experience it transforming into joy. So there's a something, something in the, the experience of the tranquility that attracts your perception, your continued perception. And as you continue to perceive it, you start to taste the sense of joy that is somewhat uh, being developed within that tranquility. Almost as if it's hidden under layers of tranquility. And as you go deeper, more tranquil, then the joy starts to appear. And this very joy is preventing your mind from falling into sleep, falling into dullness. It's keeping the mind awake, alert. And you continue your perception of the breath not trying to control it, not trying to make it longer or shorter. And not trying to force your mind to focus on it. Not even worrying about if you need to do something about what seems to be distractions. But for now, because of your attitude of how you began, you connected with your environment, the term distraction should be foreign to you. Everything is an aid. that it's transforming to joy, not only because of the sense of alertness in the mind and the continued wish to stay connected with this, but also your mind doesn't feel or your mind is slowly being freed of any anxiety to experience something else. It wants to stay with just what's there. without grasping and without rejecting in a, in a way what would be the opposite of what you're experiencing. sort of stabilize and further enhance what's happening, have the intention to observe the breath for the duration of 11 cycles of breath. Keeping the flow of your awareness unbroken.
very tranquility that is slowly transforming into joy will inform you as to how best to position the body. So keep all of your mind also open for the intuitive insight that will come. Maybe all of a sudden you feel the need to adjust the back or adjust the head, almost as if allowing the flow of joy to to have greater, a greater, a wider pathway. So without disconnecting from the perception or the experience of the tranquility slowly transforming into joy and make the adjustment. And whenever you make any adjustment, whether it is a physical adjustment an energetic adjustment, or an adjustment in terms of your attitude. There should be an experience of an enhancement or a stability, a stabilizing effect. You shouldn't feel that somehow you have digressed. If you feel you have digressed, then you have to sort of go back and re-experience the very last depth of the tranquility, the very last depth of the sense of joy before you proceed any further. because of the depth of the tranquility even though you are observing the breath there might be for some uh, such a subtlety of the, of the experience of the breath that you might want to feel the need to breathe don't don't force yourself to do anything let everything happen just naturally if the breath is naturally calming itself to a point of not being perceptible, let it. newfound sense of tranquility, newfound taste of joy, with the intention not to move away from it, not to lose it. Again, recall your motivation, your determination, and don't let the presence of that determination in your mind disconnect you from experiencing the tranquility or the joy, but rather that the perception or the recalling of your motivation enhance the joy, enhance the tranquility, and allow the tranquility and the joy to make the 
the determination, the motivation clearer and more powerful. tranquility holding on to your determination without losing any of them now introduce the perception the sensing of the presence of your infallible guide at the level of your eyebrows Think of the whole thing as uh, peeling layers of one experience and looking at the different parts of it, the tranquility, the determination, now the sense of the presence of your infallible guide is just one experience and you're allowing yourself to sort of peel or reveal one layer at a time. Don't think of it as introducing new things, adding things to something else. Perhaps that might help. So we can stay connected to all of them. And the perception of one enhances the experience of the others. As soon as you within that state of openness, allowing, non-rejecting, non-discriminating, when your mind turns to my infallible guide, let the devotion that you feel come out. Don't force it to come out, but once you sense it, just be open to it. The conviction, the faith.
just bring on the attitude of whatever you need to do, have the strong willingness to do it. Whatever you need to let go of, whatever you are doing that you need to stop doing, have a strong willingness to let go, to stop. elements that are present help you. aware of your all embracing love for others, your concern for their welfare, your determination to see them free of the different troubles, the different pains. And let all of this be perceived as one experience, a joy, a joyful ease, a sense of the presence of your infallible guide, your determination, your love and your concern, embracing all. energetic aspect of it. Feel the physical aspect of it. Let all its aspects be perceived. If you're not experiencing the energetic aspect of it, don't force yourself, don't visualize it, don't imagine it. Rather, stay aware with what is present. The mind almost as if going round and round and seeing all the different aspects or the that one experience sort of turning and you're seeing one side tranquility, one side the presence of your infallible guide, one side your determination, one side all-embracing love for others, your concern for them. And as it spins or as you spin around it, you feel the energetic aspect. It 
should be something that you feel in a palpable way, not just something that exists in an abstract form. The devotion to your infallible guide, all of these things. Just like when you're looking at a flower, at one point you are aware of the bottom of it, at one point you're aware of a, a petal here, at one point you're aware of the outline that the whole flower makes. So in the same way, and then there's a part of your mind that sees it as one, knows it to be one. So all these elements, just one state of mind. So have that same sort of perspective once you see a part of it, the tranquility. Another part you see the outline of all of it as being one mind, one state. to build up, then you bring that presence now to the crown of your head, and the very action or the intention to move that presence to the crown of your head should create some sort of energetic or physical sensation or awareness. continue with that momentum, the strong willingness to let go, the strong willingness to take up the devotion to your infallible guide, the tranquility, the joy, the all-embracing compassion and love. As this is building up, it's also being focused towards this very session, this very sitting, 
It's all being directed towards. You have to see the true nature of reality. You have to. Your compassion is compelling you. Your faith in your infallible guide is compelling you. Your determination is compelling you. The tranquility is compelling you. it becomes what you might call single-pointed, then bring that presence now into your heart center, and just let it wash like a wave washing over the sand. Just let it wash, let it be. without rejection, without expectation, without grasping. slowly go back to your awareness of the physical breath be aware of the, the temperature of the breath the weight of the breath and through that awareness become aware of the physical body again the sense of occupying space sense of being substantial to stretch your legs, you can do so. Okay, welcome everyone. Glad to see you all. <laughs> um,
just gonna go back, just this is just a break. We're gonna go back to the same meditation we were just doing, but you're gonna keep you're gonna keep doing it over and over again. Okay, so build up that intensity, that intense. Uh, uh, I'll use the word passion. Okay, intense passion to encounter the true nature of reality face to face, and then let it wash your mind. Let it wash over you, and. W- in the wash, what do you do? Whatever states, whatever comes up, even if you feel bored, okay? Whatever comes up, look at it intensely. Look at it with a sense of what is really there. Just ask yourself, what is really, what is this really? What is this really? If if you if you feel uh, bored out of your mind, look at the boredom. Oh, what is this boredom really? And just hold on to that. Intense curiosity, with a uh, you know, with a almost like a laissez-faire attitude. Okay. All right. That's gonna be the meditation. Keep going back and forth. And when that becomes, you, you feel that uh, uh, sort of losing it. But before you uh, go back and pick it up again, look at that the sense of I'm losing it. What is this really? The sense of I'm losing it. And just hold on to that, and allow it to 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 show itself to you. Okay, and then go back again, build make up build up the momentum, and then that laser like sense of purpose, and then direct it towards that. Have the sense of wash, and within that sense of wash, and then hold on to that. What is this really? Whatever comes up, if you hear something, what is this really? If you have a sense of oh me, what is this really? Whatever comes up, look at it. Whatever. And, and even the state of mind is, wait a minute, what am I supposed to be looking at? Oh yeah, the state of mind asking, what am I, what am I supposed to be looking at? What is it really? Okay, whatever comes up. All right. Uh, so that's gonna be the meditation. This is a little talk. <laughs> uh, last week, some of you, uh, sorry, uh, my, 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 my fault. Uh, I thought I wasn't gonna be here last week, but I ended up I. I could be here, so I showed up, and uh, I had this, uh, I think, uh, a few, maybe just two sutras, but mainly the Lankavatara Sutra. I was reading from the Lankavatara Sutra, where the Buddha himself, in his own words, was uh, equating uh, love and wisdom as being one and the same thing, okay? Now, the question may come up with someone who is uh, somewhat, has somewhat of an, uh, an interest, uh, outside sort of interest looking at Mahayana. Okay, what is really the difference between Mahayana and non-Mahayana Buddhism? And it's supposed to be this, uh, this incredible love that sort of distinguishes Mahayana Buddhism with uh, other Buddhism, which doesn't mean that there isn't an incredible love in the non-Mahayana Buddhism, and calling it Mahayana Buddhism and non-Mahayana Buddhism is sort of like a sound sectarian, but rather look at it at the the the, the two kinds of spiritual attitudes, one which is called Mahayana attitude and the other one and the other non the non-Mahayana attitude. What's it, what's really distinguishes those two attitudes? Especially now, the Buddha himself seemed to have equated love and wisdom together. And within the Mahayana tradition, you you learn that uh, what distinguishes uh, the Mahayana attitude and the non-Mahayana attitude is this incredible love. 
So if they're one and the same, then is that a trick or something? Does that mean that as soon as you have this profound perception of the true nature of reality, automatically you become Mahayanis, whether you wanted to or not? Or is there really a, a difference? Okay. So since there is this, in, this somewhat experience of this deep love when you have uh, a true understanding of the nature of reality, then why make any extra effort? Why make it? Why even take on extra commitment <laughs> to for which is connected with the Mayana uh, tr tradition, with the Mayana tr uh, attitude? Uh, if you remember uh, uh, in the reading, well, not we're not all here, but <laughs> those of you who were here, uh, the Buddha said that there's a certain point you reach in your meditation and in your understanding of the true nature of reality where the bliss is just too overwhelming and you just don't have the power to resist. And what allows you to be able to sort of uh, go beyond the bliss, to be, able, to be able to not be overtaken, not be overwhelmed by the bliss is the Mahayana attitude where it's not simply feeling love for, for, for everyone. And that sounds like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Not simply feeling love for, isn't that already some, some humongous thing already? So it's not simply feeling love for everyone, but also taking the personal responsibility to fulfill the aim of love. Okay. So almost as if, uh, not only do you want to see love, not only do you want to see the true nature of reality, not only do you want to see how everything is a play of love, but you want to fully immerse yourself in the play. You want to be an active participant in the play of love. You want to, uh, and this is going to sound somewhat mystical, and you know how I am with uh, mystical stuff, uh, but I can't, I, can't, I can't help it. Can I be avoided? So you sort of immerse yourself into this play of love where, you, where you're experiencing this mysterious uh, mode of being where, where you are beyond oneness and, and otherness. Okay. So you are experiencing a sense of oneness, but you are beyond it. You are experiencing there's self and other, but you are beyond it. Exactly what it is that state that is beyond oneness and otherness, we just call it, you heard. <laughs> there's no name for it. You just call it the state beyond. Okay. Exactly what it is. Once you're there, you know. You cannot, it's not something that you can, because whatever you can, uh, a word can describe is already within this oneness or with or or, or within this uh, otherness. So this is something beyond beyond that. Okay. So that what does that mean? It means somehow, while you're experiencing a complete lack of of individuality in one way, at the same time you're acting as an individual. If it, it, it if it doesn't make sense, it's not supposed to completely make sense. It doesn't mean that it's nonsense. It doesn't mean that it is nonsense. It is not nonsense. 
but it doesn't make sense necessarily. <laughs> okay. So simultaneously, you're engaging the world, and yet you're not in the world. You're outside of the world. But it doesn't mean that it's not like you're engaging the world from a perspective of someone watching something happening over there, like you're looking at the moon with a telescope. You can see it, but you're not, you can't really say, oh, the moon feels this way or, feel, or feels that way. So that, it's, not that kind of, it's not that kind of being in the world and outside of the world. It's like at the same time you're watching the moon from a telescope, but you're also able to feel how the surface of the moon feels. You know what it's like if you are a breathing uh, entity, uh, how it's like to be wanting air on the, if you're on the surface of the moon. And yet, it's happening at the same time from a, from a perspective of your, your, you have a distance. Okay. So that's the kind of being you become. And to be able to be that kind of a being, you have to be able to do one thing. You have to be able to transcend irresistible bliss. And when you transcend irresistible bliss, it doesn't mean that you enter into some sort of blah state of mind where there's no longer bliss. Actually, you reach a state of mind where there's even more intense bliss, but this bliss becomes a functional bliss. Does that make sense? One bliss is completely, you can't do anything with it, or then just experience it. And another bliss, which is more intense than that, where you actually are you have complete uh, complete awareness and you're able to with perfect clarity act spontaneously and another th thing to confuse you <laughs> the spontaneity doesn't mean that somehow there's some sort of bigger consciousness that you just you, you, you're just uh, how do you say you just uh, <laughs> and you're just falling into like you're the uh, how do you say you're the servant or the you, you, you can't help yourself. There's this bigger consciousness that sort of pushes you here around here and there. Okay, you go over there and you just go over there. It's not like that. This spontaneity. There is uh, a sense of of uh, fulfilling a purpose. But at the same time, it's not completely individual. <laughs> okay. Well, now you understand why a lot of the sages, when, they, when they're trying to describe uh, what the state is supposed to be like, in, in, uh, in the, the Vedic tr tradition, they had the, uh, a, beautiful tr uh, a beautiful way of, of expressing it. They debate, 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 debate until they reach silence. You reach a point where you just can't say anything anymore, and that silence is supposed to be the expression of that state. Okay. And there's other tradition where they just say, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. Then what is it? And you take up something lofty, something, oh, it's blissful. Well, it's not that. <laughs> you mean it's not blissful? No, it's not that. Did you just get it? I just threw something there. It was kind of sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, when you find your mind going into uh, abstractions, trying to 
imagine what that state is like, okay, for a few seconds, stay with it. But when, it, when it's just fun. But when your mind is seriously trying to see what it's like, stop it. Because you're trying to do something impossible. The only way for you to have any idea what it's like is for you to be there. You cannot see it from a, from, from a distance. Okay. You cannot, uh, you, you cannot, uh, I'm going to create a word here, logicify. <laughs> you cannot logicify it. Did you understand my word? I just made it up. Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that it's something that is illogical. Okay. It's beyond that. Okay. Just like uh, the, the, in the Vedic tradition a uh, long time ago, where, I mean, these were master logicians. Okay. And they would enter into a sort of like a meditative debate. And they would go to a, they would to the point of ex where they've completely exhaust that. And then when they reach what it is, actually, then the only way to do it is to just remain silent. And there's a, uh, in the Vimalakirti Dasha Sutra, there's something also similar to that happening, where all the big bodhisattvas are sort of describing the state of non-duality. And you have, uh, uh, you know, the big names. <laughs> They were all there. <laughs> and then someone says something, oh, it's this and that and this and that and that. And it's just like mind-blowing what they've just said. And someone else says something even more mind-blowing, something even more mind-blowing. And it comes to Manjushri's time to describe it. And Manjushri, and Manjushri say, okay, I'm going to describe it. And then Vimalakiti say, oh, wow, that was like the most profound ever. <laughs> And Manjushri asked Vimalakiti, did you understand it? And Vimalakiti remained silent. He said, ah, I see you understand it completely. <laughs> <laughs> now, these states, because they are not something that we can, you know, show someone like even showing somebody this cup of tea, people can pretend to be there, and people can imagine themselves to be there. Okay? How do you know? Only you will know, and the other and the others who are there can know. Okay. And just like I was with the guiding the meditation, I, I and I tried to tell you, don't imagine it, allow it, allow the experience to to appear. You don't have to imagine that uh, energetically there's there's this uh, going on, but rather experience whatever energetic experience is going on. Okay. There's a time where imagination plays a a big important part in, uh, on the path, but there's a time you have to let it go. You just have to let experience be. Okay. I think that's what I wanted to. Did, did I say? It? I think so. Yeah. What's the difference between? Did I answer that question? What distinguishes? What we distinguish? If if love is already an integral part of wisdom, then what distinguishes the Mahayana attitude from the non-Mahayana attitude? I didn't answer it? I thought I did. Responsibility? <laughs> Responsibility. Okay. Responsibility. Because the Mahayana inverse in this blessed. I'm sorry? The Mahayana inverse in the bliss? No, in, in, not in, uh, in, uh, in the bliss? Like it's part of it. 
it's part of it, but the, the uh, having that attitude of responsibility prevents the Mahayanas from being completely overtaken by the bliss. Otherwise, without that attitude, you will just be lost in the bliss. So this is training right now, this little joy you're experiencing, just letting it be and not allowing it to be, but without grasping it, without rejecting it, is part of your training. Okay. So what we have to do is just to live in the bliss, but don't allow the bliss live in us. That attitude, and also remembering your connection, your your, your responsibility towards sentient beings. I don't understand the responsibility part. The responsibility part is uh, is saying I am doing this in order to help other sentient beings. Yeah, but n but not in just verbal way, but in a very in a emotional way. So the responsibility is not for yourself, but for others. For others, taking the responsibility of the uh, happiness and uh, alleviation of pain of others upon yourself. Be on myself. Yeah, yeah, on yourself. You take that responsibility. Okay. And that is a way of, uh, the mechanics of it is uh, having that attitude in mind connects you to the Buddhas, connects you to the enlightened beings. And it's sort of like, uh, so let's say the Buddhas are shin, uh, throwing out rays to catch people. And you know, someone someone sees the race. Oh my God, this is ugly, and <laughs> stays away from it. Uh, the those who are, don't have that uh, Mahayana attitude, they're not able to lock onto the the rays. So when that when they're in that bliss, they just get lost in there. There's nothing to catch them. But with with that Mahayana attitude, you're able to catch on to the the hook. The, the blessing of the Buddhas, and it's able to pull you through it. Okay, so because of your faith, because of your attitude, allow that creates the 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 ring, I guess, and because and because you created that ring, now when the Buddha throws the hook, it's able to catch you. Without the ring, you know, it just goes like this, and you stay in the in the bliss, and get lost, and then after a few couple of eons, then maybe somebody might be able to kick you out of there and say, wake up. Finish your job. Okay. You have not fulfilled the nature of reality. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is helpful at all, but I have this <clears throat> this way of trying to under understand it, which actually I just thought of three minutes ago. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of the, the sort of the not the non non Mahayana way of of experiencing the bliss is sort of uh, where, because the scope of what they're doing is is limited. There's no need to experience the bliss as a form of, as an intelligent kind of bliss. It's simply kind of like, almost like an explosion or implosion of bliss, or explosion upon explosion of bliss. And it's, it's purposeless because there's no need to harness it. There's no, they're not using it, they're not harnessing it. Whereas mm -hmm. Mahayana, it's, the bliss could, if, if, if one sticks to the Mahayana purpose, the bliss is experienced as a kind of an intelligent bliss, almost a kind of intelligence, almost a kind, almost like, the difference between an explosion of explosives and a blowtorch. If you kind of become, the, the blowtorch is kind of directed. Mm -hmm. and, and if it's an intelligent bliss, if it's infused with Mahayana purpose, then it's kind of a bliss that's 
like a blowtorch, can be an instrument. Oh, yeah. Direct. That's very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. I'm not trying to describe the ultimate here. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's very nice. So, because of the intention yeah. that through the uh, the journey of the Mahayanas, now they find us up in that experience, because everything up to that point they were using as a means to to the ultimate fulfillment of their of their intention. So now they're in this bliss. Now they, the intention will make them use that as a means to continue to fulfill it. Sort of shapes, shapes it. Yeah, very good, very nice. Yeah. All right, ready? Forget the meditation. Don't want to talk. <laughs> gathering momentum. As you as you're gathering momentum, just completely allow yourself to be, relax, experience the joy, experience the tranquility, stay connected to it, and then have that laser-like uh, intention. I have to see the true nature of reality. And wash, and just whatever comes up. What is this really? And if your mind is giving you answers, don't fight it. Let the mind give answers and whatever it comes up with. What is this really? What is this really? Okay. So if you would just your recollection. Recall the experience, the meditative state. Stabilize it with side breath. the momentum with all its elements and then begin and then once you feel the need to feel tired and you can't just look at the tired what is this really then go back create the momentum again
stay within the tranquility, within the joy. And within that state, again, be consciously aware of your embracing compassion or embracing love. think of a place, a person that needs the experience that you're, you just had. And strongly wishing that, see yourself making a gift of it. physical breath, feel the weight of it, be aware of its temperature, and let that awareness now allow you to become aware of the physical body that is occupying the space of cushion. something for you to uh, get with your mind. Uh, when you sense me, for example, and then you're asking, you ask yourself, why am I saying me? What is wh What appearance is making me say me? And then let's say, for example, your body comes up, okay? A sense of your whole body comes up. Oh, that's why you say me. Then you look at that body, look for the me in there. Uh, here's, uh, uh, here's, here's the little thing. If the me is completely equal, completely the same with the body, it would be impossible to imagine yourself to be something else. Does that make sense? Good. Play with it a little bit. Sure. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you.